Hey, welcome to our first episode of Hollywood Breaks. It's uh, fun to be here. Keith and I are happy to be with you today, and we just want to share some insights of we're experiencing as we do our pitches. Um, there's a lot of things that we're capturing along the way, and we honestly just need somewhere to put it. Uh, so I'm Tim Thompson. I'm the Chief Revolution Thinker at RevThink, and this is my best friend, Keith, and business. Hi. Uh, partner Keith on our my pitching. Keith, uh, introduce yourself and tell us, um, I don't know, something that you've kind of dealt with this week that you know for sure is blowing your mind when it comes to uh, our industry. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's great to be here with you all and thanks Tim for the intro. Um, you know, it, it is very interesting um, having spent quite a few years in the business itself um, that this week was such a, which was, had such a huge shift and what I mean by that is we had the unfortunate death of Olivia de Havilland, a sort of, I guess you could call her an icon in Hollywood history, um, not only from her role in Gone with the Wind, um, but also sort of in her very uh, maverick kind of way of almost breaking up the old, old studio system. Um, I, uh, I, I, we were saying like, isn't it ironic that like, sh this is the week that she died and AMC does this? Yeah, uh, exactly. Week? I almost feel like AMC was holding back their yes. announcement so that they couldn't be blamed for killing her from uh, yeah, it was, it was such like, a change. It's 104, you know, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but you know, with, with her sort of, you know, paving the way, along with Jimmy Stewart, I believe, was also involved in sort of breaking up the old school studio system where a lot of the talent actually worked for the studios exclusively. You have this bombshell deal announced between AMC and Universal um, that basically limits the window from the traditional three-month window now to 17 days, yeah. which is just huge in, the, in sort of the, the history and groundbreaking in terms of Hollywood. I mean, the, the running joke on Hollywood is it's, you know, we're still running a 1950s business model and here we are in the 21st century. Um, but I, I applaud Universal because they've always sort of been at the forefront of this. And obviously Jeff Schell, the now NBC Universal chairman, um, was previously the chairman of Universal um, and was really sort of working to reinvent that model to the point where you could sort of build in some of the ancillary revenue streams that had sort of been shrinking over the course of the last few years. Um, so it, it's really quite groundbreaking. Um, obviously, given the fact that not more than two months ago, Universal and AMC were sort of at loggerheads, were to the point where AMC was threatening never to release a Universal movie um, because Universal went out so early with Trolls on World Tour and you know, sort of really broke the model early on in the pandemic when the theaters all shut down. So, so before we get into that, because yeah. I feel like we're going to uh, about ready to kind of like share the secret. Let's just set up the distribution dilemma that's been happening. Yeah, because uh, you you kind of hit it on it um, with the idea of like once when the studio system was broken up in the fifties or whatever that thing was. Really, mm -hmm. what happened was is not only did the actors break apart, but the monopoly system of studios and theaters also. Yeah. Kind of and um, where, where we consumed our content in the 50s. Not you and I, we didn't consume it. Where content right. was consumed. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Um, it really was the theater. The theater yeah. experiences where you kind of went and did things. Mm. Clearly in our lifetime with video distribution, HBO, those items, 
Um, you didn't go wait in lines in, anymore to watch films. You could watch them while driving down the car or down mm-hmm. another road in your car. The kids can be watching feature films. Yeah. Um, so that the absolute difference of what the technology has done for us over the years and then how that is changing our outlook on, on distribution um, right. is something that we're all really up against, especially as content creators. We have to understand how our stuff is being distributed. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's a, what, can you explain to me like what you think the distribution dilemma really is now? that then what AMC and, and Universal are, are possibly trying to put back together? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the big dilemma with this whole thing is, I think, first, it, it's re- obviously very revolutionary, as I previously mentioned, but it's also, well, what, uh, who else is going to jump on board? Like, is Disney, Universal, Warners, are they all going to get on board with this? Um, and also the, the exhibitors themselves. You had the CEO of um, Regal, the second biggest chain in the, in the United States right now, basically saying, I don't like this deal. It's too soon, too, it's bad time for this. So it, it, it really sort of begs the question of what does this mean? It, it, it's hard for me to think that every other studio won't eventually just come in line on this and jump on board and realize that there are opportunities with this. I think yeah. your point about, you know, driving down the, the, the street and watching content, you know, it's always sort of been funny to me that the, the Hollywood in terms of sort of the theatrical model has always, the, the saying goes that the reason Netflix was such a success early on was because they allowed consumers to consume it where they wanted it, when they wanted it, and how they wanted it. However, the film industry has always stuck to the model of like, no, 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 no. You're going to see the movie when I tell you to see it at a point in time and where this sort of turns that whole thing upside on its head, which I think is where some of the opportunities can come from in that you now have, you can expose, you know, you've grown your audience because some people may not be comfortable to come back to theaters even after they reopen. But let's admit this, that the theater experience, and that would be, I mean, our theater experience um, that we're used to when it comes to film piggybacks off of the like traditional play theater experience. Like you go somewhere, it's a one-time showing, you all experience it together in a room together. That theater going experience, changing to some sort of distribution model where there isn't a a finite time or an acute time that something's been disrupted. There's a pop culture miss there, right? And I think a lot of our theater, theatrical marketing is all about creating that pop culture moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all experienced Marvel together. We, we stood in line to watch Star Wars for the seventh time. Yeah. Um, the fact that now I can binge watch all the Bourne movies in, a, in, in seven hours or something like that, yeah. and my, my neighbor doesn't even know what it is or something. You know, like there's that, those, that disconnect that's happening within pop culture, the marketing and other things change. And that's part of the, dis- the, the disruption. Yeah. These movies cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make. You need to know you're going to recoup your cash somehow. The marketing effort is very important in that process. And the disruption of distribution is really the understanding of like, well, where would my market be and will it win? But I'll, let's go with this as the idea like trolls kind of has given us a different look at that, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely has. I mean, when they release that, um, 
That's the most recent Trolls. The, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, World Tour, I think is what it was called. And it, it, it kind of was like, whoa, are we at that point now where we're just going to start throwing movies <laughs> um, onto VOD because the theaters are closed? And it proved to be a very successful model for Universal. They actually, um, I think on their earnings call yesterday, Jeff Shell announced that uh, we made as much in on Trolls World Tour, releasing it online as we did with it, the original Trolls five months in the theater. Yeah, four weeks of four weeks of SVOD or premium yeah. SVOD yeah. is equal to exactly. five and months in theatrical. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you know, I, it, that begs the question, like, okay, was that only because families, I have two young kids, so I didn't watch it, but trust me, if I didn't have like a Disney Plus, <laughs> yeah. that would have been my first thing that I would have put up. Is it because everyone was so starved for, for uh, families, particularly were starved for entertainment that they just rushed to it? And is this sort of like a one-off or is this the future? And I think yeah, that's- You also wonder if Disney's kicking themselves if they should distributed Hamilton differently than just yeah. giving it away to everybody that had Disney Plus for the week. They could yeah. have made um, seven hundred million and then put it on Disney Plus. And then put it on Disney Plus, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it, it's a really fascinating time. Um, to your point, although I, because this is something that I always go back to, because when I grew up, movies were such a big part of my childhood. Like I remember going to ET with my family. I remember the first time I saw Jurassic Park in a theater and that dinosaur walk on screen for the first time, and my jaw was on the floor. Like those cultural moments aren't really happening as much. And I wonder if, to your point, you know, it's also that horror and movies like horror and comedies are still the kind of movie that you really want to share with other people. Mm -hmm. And the flip side of that is, are we so starred for community at this point, because we're all so isolated, that that will cult movies will become another uh, cultural touch point again because people will want to go to a theater again once obviously the virus has run its course and it's safe people feel safe again will yeah. those cultural will it become a cultural touch point again and i think that's something that you know this is gonna definitely the studios are gonna have to think about for sure um well, and us content creators i mean honestly some of what we're up against is the desire to create a cultural experience and then the reality of distribution, technology, and consumption that doesn't match our needs. I mean, there are cultural touch points taking place. They're just happening on TikTok yeah. instead of in instead of the Marvel movie or something. Yeah. And yeah, and again, millions of followers. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you brought up TikTok because they today or this week, you know, they just announced a fund, like I think it was around $200 million or so, to provide to their creators to create content. And that's another thing that's going to be sort of an attention grabbing. And I think that's one, another avenue the studios have to be aware of because, you know, with the slowdown in production and the long lead time that you need when you're producing a film or, you know, the, the visual effects and the post process, all people can pick up their phones now. And now if they're getting, you know, a couple mil, a couple hundred thousand here or there to produce something, and that's a whole nother avenue that is going to be grabbing eyeballs. Yeah, and there, this, this, that's a topic for another time because of the magnitude of consumption. Yeah. That we, the production almost has to be live in, mm. or instant at least. In yeah, instant. Yeah. With the rate that people are consuming it yeah. and the year and a half to, to make something in order to watch someone to watch it in two hours. 
the yeah. time the time matches over there. Uh, we'll, we'll have to find a, a catchphrase name for that and 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 pin that one up for next week because yeah, that that earthquake in it itself, that yeah. tidal wave of change, yeah. um, and the consumption rate is really killing things. Yeah. Um, hey, so you said. Um, what did you take? What'd you call a tenant? The, the canary in the coal mine? Oh, yeah, a tenant. So a tenant. But I like, cut you off uh, before we started recording when you said that, because I actually wanted to leave it for this moment. And I'm curious, yeah. like, how, yeah, explain the tenant canary in the coal mine thing that you're processing. Because I think that is um, the indicator that we want people to start watching for and seeing how that pattern repeats yeah. itself. Yeah. So for those who don't know, um, so Tenant was originally slated, I think, to go out in March or April. And Tenant um, is a feature film released, by, directed by Christopher Nolan. It's yeah, his latest um, mystery that nobody really knows what it's about, but it looks really cool. Billboards are everywhere with dates yeah, on Yeah, billboards them are everywhere. And interestingly enough, when the lockdowns happened, I believe Warner's had gone, Warner Brothers had gone through, I'd say, almost half, if not more, than their media spend. So, you know, it's one of those challenges like, okay, now we have to push the, the release and they pushed it a several, you know, a few more times based on, you know, you know, surging cases and theaters closing and New York not opening, which obviously is a big market in LA having struggling as well. Um, so now they've sort of pinpointed the end of August um, to release internationally and in I think about 70 markets um, and then domestically in the U.S. over Labor Day weekend. And I think given the complexity of that kind of release pattern, that's pretty much where they're going to stay. Um, and because to pull out of all that and change, you know, pull it back again, that's, that's a lot of time and money. Yeah. And I, I think the, the reason I use that phrase is because it's going to be interesting to see, like, is this, are people going to be comfortable enough to go to the theater? Are there going to be enough theaters open domestically at that sure. point? Will there be another a wave breaking out in the Midwest? Or, you know, what, what's people's comfort level? And the point of the challenge of this particular Nolan film is it doesn't really have any name stars. They're going to get people to go see it. They're banking a lot on Christopher Nolan, his name, the way he really shoots in innovative ways and stories that are just yeah. really original. Yeah, great auteur, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah so it's... It, I, I, it's interesting because, like, what does this mean? Does this mean then if nobody goes and it's a major disappointment for Warners, does that mean 2020 is a complete wash? And well, well, if they, I don't know what they're doing with the rest of their marketing budget, but if they're yeah. going to spend the remainder of it and then realize that's a cutoff point, I, yeah. I'm kind of curious if they're thinking that it doesn't have to necessarily be a, a total failure or something like Stranger Things is a, is a pop culture phenomenon with, yeah. with no real name actors besides Winona Ryder. Right. Because she was a blockbuster. Right. Film. Well, I'm I'm just kidding. But, yeah. the, but, the, uh, but we all registered that suspicion or uh, the suspense based plot. Yeah. Line. It, yeah. and, and within our homes and it worked. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just realized like, well, you know what, we're going to have to, we're going to have to move on. Yeah, um, it's more like Top Gun is the one to me of like, will we even care about Top Gun? Because I think I saw. Well, the come on, Tim, you're going to care. <laughs> it doesn't matter when Top Gun's going to come out. Everyone's going to care about Top Gun. <laughs> maybe maybe the, the, one Ted Ted is the one I'm not going to care about. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, it's really interesting to see like what, what happened. You know, it's again, one of those things like, well, 
you look at Tenet, but then Mulan, which was the Disney sort of spring into summer ten pole, is now off the release schedule, and they pushed Avatar a year. Yeah, right. So it, it, well, Avatar is going to be now twenty twenty. I think twenty twenty three. Okay, yeah. I mean, that is like that was more. I think that was more production related because they obviously had to shut down production, and you know, I, I think they're that's shooting a long, long cash burn. It is or a, well, a yeah. new asset that they have. I mean, no one's seen anything for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, that, that, this may be another conversation, but yeah, the fact that it's been, oh, almost 13 years since the last one. So you've got to reintroduce an entirely new audience to that, to yeah. that franchise. Um, you know, so that's that. Well, that might be a topic for another time because that that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We get up with the Disney Fox acquisition, which I know is right, right, right. And yeah, then yeah. look at all the inventory that they have and why they're yeah. recreating that out of all things. I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, to me, like, um, you know, so as content creators, one is is that there is a necessity necessary reality that we have to come up against and kind of know that the disruption is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like the pivot is the opportunity. So as the studios are trying to figure out where to land, we're almost looking for, for the next Blair Witch. Like we're looking for this yeah. like one oddity that the independent person made and pushed out there. I mean, last year's Oscar winner is an indicator of some of the market change and how we're absorbing and recognizing uh, films too. Because a film from Korea, foreign language film from Korea winning Best Picture is not a traditional uh, model that we'd all kind of kind of uh, bank on. Not at all. Yeah. So we know that there's uh, some cool disruption and as content creators to step into that instead of just, instead of hold ourselves back and, and wish for something yeah. else. Um, but there are pros and cons that we're, that we're up against. Um, we talk about TikTok. YouTube is 15% of all internet traffic. So people are watching content on, on YouTube no matter what. Like we don't, we're, right. we're, that's happening. And that's an amazing yeah. platform that you can easily distribute to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, go ahead. Oh, no, you're, you kind of broke up there a second. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to me because there's always conversations about, is this the end of the business, the, you know, the Hollywood model and will movies, theaters die and, We've had this conversation endlessly since the time of TV and radio and VCR and DVD. So I think the disruption is a good thing in a lot of ways. Um, I feel that to your point about this being an opportunity for content creators, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's good because the fact that they the studios now have a revenue stream, are they going to be a little bit more willing to go for more original stories versus just the big blow them up blockbusters that you hear people complain and Hollywood doesn't do anything original anymore. Maybe this is that opportunity. Maybe this is something that will encourage some of the distribution execs and creative execs at the studios to start looking for other content creators, not just rely on you know, an agent to send them a, a reel of sex such distributor or a, or a script. Um, maybe, maybe they'll start looking for more talent, more, more innovative, um, content creators. So yeah. I think it's an opportunity. Um, and I think this kind of disruption has been a long time coming. Um, I'm personally excited about it because having worked in the industry for so long and sort of seen a lot of the mistakes that have been made and doing things the same way and 
expecting a different result. I think this kind of disruption might be a positive, but I understand the sort of the fear that a lot of people have right now that this, this could be a major disruption that maybe hurts the theatrical experience. You know? yeah. But I, I do think in the long run, to your point, I think it's gonna be great for content creators like us and for all those out there who you know, wanna start working in the industry, this is just gonna provide more opportunity. Totally. And I know that, you know, we, it's close to both of our hearts. Um, you know, you from the uh, Fox distribution on one side, I was at Trailer Park for many years, um, yeah. playing the other side of the marketing um, item. And knowing that there was um, really a symbiotic relationship with what, what people wanted to consume, how movie trailers are being made, how films are being released, then the mm -hmm. watching of the film, then the talking about the film and buying the goods and then wearing the stuff to Comic-Con. Like that entire process is something that yeah. we all kind of bought into. And this, this, this disruption is kind of like moving those chains a little bit <clears throat> and wondering how do we understand that? Um, I have a good friend that this week um, was, um, and who has been in, um, movie trailers and film promotion. And he told me that they've closed down their studio, their um, film production studio oh, because wow. of COVID. So, and, and you know, like there's a whole uh, piece of this industry, um, provider yeah. part of this industry that those folks are really hurting. Yeah. The films aren't being released. The trailers aren't being made. Uh, items are being pushed. <clears throat> Netflix isn't consuming, you know, isn't uh, distributing out that work to everybody. Um, there's a lot of people hurting in this process. So. The ability to be um, ready to pivot and move things on, take advantage of it, um, has got to be part of our mindset. Otherwise, we'll go the way of the, the buggy whip companies. Yeah. Want something to be different. You don't want to go that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess like, you know, what we want to have is a perspective that 2020 isn't a total wash. Um, what it is, is, is a year of change. Um, yeah. we, we call it, uh, sometimes we call it the word disruption, but uh, what's disrupting is our expectation in reality, it's just changing into something else. And if we can see it for what it's worth, there is a, yeah. there is a top upside to all this. Um, yep. And I love it. I mean, honestly, some of the conversations you and I have about the shows that we're talking about or really the needs of the industry that the shows, when we talk about that are, are filling some needs, um, is the right way to reverse engineer content and get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Keith, what a great first episode. We're having I fun. Agree. I agree. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, if you're watching this, uh, this week, we would say to you subscribe and watch our other videos, but there isn't much to watch at this point. Um, right. So Keith and I will kind of just keep at it. We're making notes as we go along in the things that we're hearing. Uh, I hope you're going to invite some of your insider friends with us in the future, Keith, because... Um, you know, some of the opportunity I'll see what I can do. is to loop in some of those uh, good Hollywood connections. I'll give us the insider side. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's definitely a lot of people who are, would love to sort of join this conversation because it's a very exciting conversation for sure. Yeah, and, and a necessary one. The yeah. more people we can loop into it, I think the, the sooner the problems will, um, will be resolved. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you, my friend. Enjoy your time thank in you. Maine. Is that oh, where you are? Yeah. It's so rough here. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, right. It's not bad making Hollywood movies from Southern Oregon and Maine. Yeah, I think we're Maine. Yeah, exactly. There's it, it, worst things in the world for sure. We're not, we're not sitting around studio lots, uh, smoking and drinking all day, <laughs> trying to type on a typewriter, getting this stuff out anymore, are we? we can exactly. No, no, no. Not not that far anymore. <laughs> All right, well, then uh, until next week, thank you so much. Talk Sounds to you. Good. Thank you.